Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Well, hello, everybody. I am so glad you're back for yet another incredible interview. I have the most incredible everyday innovators from across the globe. Hey, if you've been listening for a while, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm so glad that you get so much value out of these interviews that you keep coming back for more. As I keep saying, great innovation, great insight happens at the intersection of random when we hear people that are not in our world or have different experiences or just have something that we didn't expect to be so relatable to us. And that's what we do on this podcast. We bring you those everyday innovators. So here's the thing. What we're not about are those mucky muck experts who are like, blah, blah, blah. Everything sounds like a meme, right? We're about people who are actually out there doing it. In fact, to be on this podcast, you almost have to prove to us that you're out there doing it. But because of that, we get these incredible everyday innovators. They share their stories, their insights. I have, I gotta tell you, this is not all airing on the same day, but I've had four interviews today. One person talked mo- more about their fitness transformation. Another person talked about their sports career. Another person talked about being a leader inside an auto care company. So like you put that all together and it's amazing. And today's going to be amazing. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest before she introduces herself. So Juliana, her everyday innovator style is instinctual inquisitive. So the instinctual is all about this circuitous thought pattern, but because of that, like having more of a gut reaction to things, but pulling out the insights and the patterns, they tend to be able, instinctuals, if you're out there too, tend to be able to pull disparate dots and things together and actually see how they connect in the way that we all, the rest of us often miss. And then the inquisitive side is all about challenging assumptions, pulling back the layers, digging deep, innovations in the questions, not the answers. They innovate by asking by thinking, but what if, but how come? So that magic of that combination of instinctual inquisitive is connected, deep innovation. That's what Juliana brings to the table. She's going to bring that and so much more to this interview. So Juliana, welcome to the show. Tell the world who you are and what you do. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I uh, am a Vegas native, grew up here. I got my MBA locally at UNLV and have focused in new venture development uh, for about the past eight or nine years. And currently, I'm the founder of a company called Can Strategy. We work with investors to help them break into the cannabis industry and to scale their companies. And also co-founder of a new company called Leaf Sheets. And we help those gritty, driven entrepreneurs that maybe don't have the six to seven figure budgets just to break into the industry, but have what it takes to, you know, make it happen on their own. And Leaf Sheets helps them do that. And I've been in the industry for seven years so far, specializing specifically in business strategy. Uh, And yeah, that's where I'm at now. So it's so funny. I think my sister lives in Henderson. And we always laugh that like there are no natives, people who are actually born and raised in Vegas, but that's not true. There are some Vegas natives. Yes. Like I met one finally. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's so interesting. Both of your businesses, by the way, what I think is so fascinating is they're about breaking into things, right? Like breaking into this industry, getting into 
almost like getting into areas of opportunity that you want, but don't have a path into. I love that kind of commonality in both of your businesses um, and both in like growing industries. So tell me, what's a, a win or something that you're proud of? Something that I'm proud of in business? Sure. Okay. Uh, one thing I'm proud of is uh, in 2018, well, this was like my one of my first big wins was the cannabis industry. We have really competitive processes where you have to compete for licenses. So, so let's say Nevada opens up and they say there's only 60 licenses available and then like 500 people apply, you know, and it's super competitive. And in that last round in 2018, there are 60 licenses available and my firm won three. And that was our big win, like our first big win. <laughs> I was really stoked. Okay, first of all, congratulations, because that Thank is you. hard. Let me ask you a question about that. Because three out of 60, is that what you said, yeah. right? That's yeah. a lot. That's actually a high percentage when everybody's vying for one. So and there's 500 people. So what do you think you you or your team did so well that got you to the three when other people couldn't even get one? I believe, so that's funny you ask that because the way the application is written, right? There was a huge lawsuit over it after the fact where people said, you didn't, you didn't tell us you were looking for X, Y, Z. Well, the way I saw it, I'm like, yes, they did. If you read the pieces and you put them together, you could see the things they were inferring. And based on like realizing what the state was inferring that they wanted, I think we were different in how we wrote the application because we wrote it not only to exactly how they worded, but also to what it seemed they were inferring that they wanted. And that made a huge difference. Okay, I hope everybody just heard that, Juliana, because you just said it was the instinctual part of you. You just said, like, if you put the pieces together, right, you can <laughs> yeah. see what they were actually asking you, not like taking it literally one thing at a time. So exactly. what, what a great lesson for all of us who are trying to get to yes in something, right? A new business pitch, an application, getting yes from our leaders, right? For whatever it is in, in sales of looking at how all the pieces of the things that they're asking you and what they're saying fit together, not just the individual pieces. Yes, it's key. It's key. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Um, so what's the story of something innovative you've done or a place that you've thought differently that's helped you move ahead? Ooh, a place I've thought differently that has helped me move ahead. Um, so I keep going back to like kind of the beginnings, but those are my biggest like game-changing moments, you know? My, when I started out in the cannabis industry, I just gotten into the industry and was front desk at a dispensary. So no fancy role or anything and had just been watching everything going on. And everyone who started out had big dreams about what they would do in the industry. And I originally did not have any plan of sticking around. So I wasn't really into cannabis. I was like, uh, you know, I'll be here for a little while. Um, and then I realized after watching the way everything worked, how much of a mess it was and how many problems there were to solve. And it seemed like, whoa, this is a really cool opportunity to, you know, kind of establish the way this thing builds. And so I literally went from front desk to a consultant <laughs> by meeting all these executives and then just asking one of them if I could open their dispensary for them because it wasn't open yet. And they said yes. And then I didn't even totally know what I was doing, but I figured it out in the moment and then got them open. And because of that, I was able to jump just from front desk to like a national consultant. And my first client after that was out of state. <laughs> so, yeah. um, 
such a great story. And I have a couple questions that I have to dig into because there's so much goodness in that. For my first question is when you're sitting there, right, and you're seeing all the things that are messy and complicated and can be fixed, right? And the inquisitive in you is like, well, how come? Why are we doing it this way? I want to know the. <laughs> You're sitting there as a, as a receptionist, right? I want to know what it was like for you on the inside to go from, I see all these things wrong to, I'm going to go ask people if I can open up their shop. Because I, I think a lot of us suffer from, I, I don't I don't have the experience to do that, right? And I love what you said about figuring it out as you go. That's totally my jam. Like, I'll figure it out as I go. But for you, what was that moment of like, I'm going to go in, I'm going to ask an executive if I can open up his shop, even though I'm over here answering phones. Right. Uh, <laughs> I kind of built up to it. So I started to build the relationships by meeting the executives over time because they were all delivering their products because the industry was so small here. And I just knew, okay, knowing these people will be valuable. And I wasn't sure why, but I just made sure to build those relationships. And I, yeah, I think that honestly, working at the front desk, getting my MBA, knowing how much education I had, knowing how much ambition I had, I had such a issue with the fact that I was working front desk. I was like, you are not meeting your potential. This is problematic. (laughs) So I really was kind of pushed by that. That just like, you can't stay here. Where's that going for you? And that forced me to uh, just ask and like be brave and try and ask. And I did my best that I knew how at that point where I came up with okay, what will our plan of execution be? What's the approach? What's the end goal? Came up with a whole pitch deck and visualizations and everything and went to them. Just like, hey, can I do this? (laughs) Here's my plan. And that was that. that. And then they said yes. And then I had my work cut out for me. I was up against more than I realized I would be, but I did it. Tell us about that. What was, what was, what did you expect? And what was the real journey like? I expected being able to go in and apply everything that I love most about business, which is the, is training and creating your client experience and, you know, developing just the physical environment and all this stuff, your marketing, all the things that can push profitability and brands and all of that, like in real tangible form. And uh, really it was way more like I had to write processes and procedures and read regulations and tie them in with the processes and procedures and meet the state expectations and do inspections with the state and uh, match the regulations to the way the physical facility was set up and to the way the trainings were done. And that was my first time doing that. And I'm so grateful because that's a large, largely what I do now with hand strategy. Isn't it amazing though? Don't, don't you find that the you would never really understand the industry that you're in or have the opportunity to do the work that you do now had you not just gotten out there and gotten the experience. Because I, I think a business plan is great, but what is it Mike Tyson said? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, never mind. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, I love it. Um, let's flip it for a second. What's a big challenge that you have faced and how have you overcome it? <sighs> a big challenge that I faced was my original consulting firm, I had business partners and it turned out that we did not get along that well. And we kind of started the company very quickly, uh, you know, signed legal documents and everything. And then two years in realized, probably weeks in, we realized, okay, this is going to be a little difficult. And two years in, we realized, 
I don't even want to be in the same building as you. So that was pretty hard because it was my first business. I had to step down, then I had to dissolve it and had to, you know, have a team of lawyers for the first time and figure out how, uh, like the biggest challenge there was they wouldn't let me leave the company. So my partners wouldn't agree to just let me leave. And I learned so much. It took almost an entire year to get out of that. And I learned so much in terms of using my voice and, uh, you know, when I'm questioning things to listen to that. And uh, because I didn't, I really just was like, okay, let's sign this document. Let's roll forward. And wasn't more kind of critical of the whole process. And um, overcame it by, I mean, thankfully, I had a good friend who was a lawyer who helped me. (laughs) And then had to figure out how to get back on my feet and start a company on my own and build my confidence. I could do it on my own. Um, And that took some time. That (laughs) took some time. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. How do you differentiate, maybe the, I'm going to pull back the curtain for a second and say that Part of the, sometimes I struggle with, and I've been in those moments too, where like things seem like they're a good idea, but they're not, but there was a voice the whole time that was like, don't do it. Right. But I didn't have a voice or this isn't the way <laughs> But I think that's because sometimes I confuse that gut feeling that's telling me like, this isn't like, this is not for you tomorrow, whatever it is. And the feel, the, the lizard brain trying to hold me back, right. Fear. 
So like there's a difference between like that inside inner voice and fear, but they sometimes show up as the same. So I'm curious for you how you differentiate between those two. That is, I, I similarly have that struggle. <laughs> I, um, at first, I used to just chop everything up to being doubt and would kind of steamroll it. <laughs> just like, no doubt, no fear, let's go, you know? And I've started to listen more, but it still takes me time. Um, there's a lot of things I'm good at differentiating really quickly, but that's when I still have to sit with. I'll still have to like sit with it for a while and kind of talk to it like, okay, what's really going on here? Is this just me being afraid and holding myself back? Is this actually concerning? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I, um, in the work that we do, we talk a lot about naming your lizard brain and then questioning it. Like, Hey, so mine's Bernard. So he conversations and I'm always like, yo, Bernard, like, why are you getting all riled? Why are you questioning this? What's that little thing saying? And then I can figure out, I can work to figure out, is this Bernard just trying to hold me back and I'm fearful or is there something else inside of me that's like, this is not for you tomorrow. It's like a little nudge and I got to listen to that differently, but I do think it's hard. And I think that's, I think this conversation is really important for all of us to remember that those two voices can be confusing. And it's okay to get them confused. Yes. Well, thank you for saying it's okay. Because I always am like, I got to figure this out. <laughs> like, how have I not mastered this yet? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that we ever fully master it. And I think sometimes, I think almost it's like working on your inner voice and listening to that more is the part that we have to work on. Because then we won't think it's Bernard talking. Right, you know? right. I feel bad for people out there who name Bernard. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> My lizard brain. That's what it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't do it. Uh, so, so I want to kind of ask you a little bit of a different question before I before I kind of keep going down my the path that I had intended, which is um, one of the things I'm really appreciating about you in this conversation. And I mean, this is the first time we're meet like meeting at all, really. But, yeah, <laughs> um, it, is um, you seem very brazen, and I mean that as like a, a, a complete compliment. And I think. For a lot of people out there, uh, and this, I would definitely fell into this camp early on in my life. Um, you get knocked down enough that you have a harder and harder time getting back up, right? And at some point, you kind of get complacent and you go, I, you know, wherever I am is good enough. What keeps you pushing forward and taking those bold moves and being willing to put yourself out there in a way that maybe is seems scary from the outside looking in? I have always just felt pulled to do that. I've always had this sense that I'm supposed to do something really cool. And that keeps me going. And then on a more tangible level, I have old parents. And I've always wanted to make something really cool happen while they're still cognizant of it happening and present for that. And so that pushes me a lot too. (laughs) Like you have no time to go. (laughs) You're getting up there. You know what? I got to say, Julian, I'm so appreciative that you said that because I, uh, I am older than you. I'm pretty sure of it. I don't know what your age is, well, <laughs> that, but um, my parents are not getting any younger and I have shown signs of aging. If you're listening, I love you both. You're both youthful and young, and I would never know that you're in your seventies. <laughs> um, but I have that same push of like, oh my God, like I, I want this to happen before my kids are grown up, before my parents go away, before like it's funny how those things drive us. And I think it's so important that we find those things as ridiculous as they might sound to somebody else. Else, If that's what motivates you, like work it. Why not 
find your story and stick to it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean to you to be an everyday innovator and to apply that to your work in life? <sighs> wow. <laughs> I would say to be an everyday innovator, it means to be, and I guess this ties into the style that I kind of tested as, but it is to question things. <laughs> it is to uh, just not take things at face value and not be willing to just be told either something's not possible because it's never happened before, you know, or uh, that it has to be this way because it always has been. I think being willing every day to challenge those assumptions is where the breakthroughs can happen. Um, you know, even being front desk challenging the assumption that I had a, a hierarchy that I had to climb or some ladder that existed. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> so. Let's see if I'm right, you know, and then testing it when you question it. And that I feel like it's kind of what has the tactic that I have used to implement the changes that I want to see made. I, I love it. I, I just have to tell you, first of all, I started as an administrative assistant or secretary back in the day in advertising because it was the only way to get into the industry at the time. Unless you ha- you were the child of a client, like you didn't get into advertising with a big firm. So I started there and I broke every rule because <laughs> that wasn't my end goal, right? But yeah. I will also say, and I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, doing that job gave me access to people and taught me about how things work. And it was one of the hardest, most valuable jobs I've ever had because of that, because it showed me what I'm capable of, but also showed me how business work, because you just have access to everything and everyone. So I, I, I loved that job for that reason. But I love <laughs> what you're saying about questioning it. I kind of suspect I know the answer, but here's my question to you. Okay. When someone tells you no, no, we're not going forward. No, it won't work. No, um, this isn't the right way. No, that's not possible. What is what goes through your mind? What does the word no elicit for you? <laughs> I usually think, okay, it's a no for you. You know, <laughs> it might be a no for you. Let me find someone else, you know? Um, and I'm really big too, actually. I started to realize this about myself because it'll shock people sometimes that if someone says no to me, I usually not say no that I can't do something, but saying no that like, they're not going to move forward with something or like a plan that I had. I think people expect a lot of resistance, but I almost never resist it because I think if you believe that this is a no, like this isn't going to work for you, it might, it might really not because you're putting that vibe into it, you know? So then I just think, okay, I'll pivot and I'll find someone that it is a yes for. And then it all will be a yes for them. <laughs> I'm going to still remember that it's a no for you. Yeah. Great reminder. And, and I think you're so right. I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, if they're saying no, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's going to fail because they don't, they don't believe it could work. So you either got need to pivot what you're presenting to them or how you're presenting it to them or find something else to present it to exactly. no for you. I love that. So Juliana, what do you do on a daily basis to stay ahead of the game, not get status quo and complacent? I feel like so much my brain is overwhelmed all the time. (laughs) I always, um, I love reading. I'm big on reading just like, because I'm into business in this theoretical way. I love business theory. I love to understand the kind of the mechanics of it outside of just spreadsheets, you know? So I do a lot of, 
well, one spiritual work, because that helps me not get too in the weeds and to kind of like disconnect when things seem all crazy. And then two, I do a lot of, I just watch, I do a lot of watching. I just watch people watch, uh, like press releases over time, like the arc of companies and how that goes. And we'll watch the news, we'll watch regulations and try and go, okay, this state just legalized, let's say, and here's how they wrote all their things that's similar to this one, this one before them. And I just like to do that kind of thing, almost like in a puzzle. And I'm constantly trying to put together, like watch how the thing is growing. And I just watch. That's like my, <laughs> I'm just always watching. So it's, I love it. Love it so much. And it reminds me of, you know, one time someone asked me what my favorite business books were. And I said, well, I don't have any, but I can tell you who I'm watching right now. And it's because I want to see what they're doing in real time. And I want to break it down and reverse engineer it. I don't want to wait for them to have a book. There are business books that I like, but I don't wait for the book. Like if you're doing something cool, you better believe I'm stalking you. I'm on your email list. I'm watching your press releases, right? Like if you're out there, I'm paying attention and not necessarily even in my industry. It's not even competitors. It's just, if you're doing something, I want to understand it. And I want to know what's working for you from my lens. Um, and I think there's so much power in watching, you know? I agree. And I agree with you too. I like also to watch companies that and industries outside of my own. It's informative because if you only watch what you're in, you're stuck in whatever that might be limited to when you can watch outside and go, Oh, cool. They did this. It seemed to have worked, you know, or what if we try that here? I agree. Well said. (laughs) Very well said. I agree. I think you have to go out and wide and bring it back in. Um, and if you look at the great businesses and innovations, they didn't follow what their competition or the industry was doing. They usually did something different and that's why it worked, right? But they probably just pulled inspiration from somewhere else. Oh my gosh, I love it, love it. Okay, I can't believe we're coming close to out of time, but what is your advice as an instinctual inquisitive for everyday innovators of all types who want to do what you're doing, which is, and I love how you framed your businesses in the beginning. So I'm going to go back to that about like breaking through and breaking into things. What's your advice for people who are trying to do that too? Or to breaking into things? Yeah, into anything, like into the next level, into a new industry, into a bigger idea. Okay. I would say <laughs> um, figure out as much as you can and then Basically, just decide you're okay and strong enough to figure out what you don't know. <laughs> I'm like, figure out as much as you can, go for it, and know that there's a lot of things that can seem very high level and out of reach when you don't know them, but are way more approachable than we can realize. That if you just take what you know and you take the intelligence, the general intelligence you have, whatever kind of thing you face and whatever it is you're breaking into, uh, you'll be able to handle and eat piece by piece, you know? And also it will be, I think it'll be scary. And I think that I also struggle with this only slightly because when I very first did the biggest break from, you know, front desk to being a consultant, I was younger and I questioned, (laughs) I questioned a lot less. So I wasn't as afraid as I likely should have been. (laughs) So It's a little difficult, but I would say that I would say like trust that my biggest thing I've had to learn is just like trust that you like you're okay. Like you'll be able to face whatever comes and nothing is really that wild that it's totally impossible. It's not like rocket science, you know? You know, someone said to me yesterday, um, confidence isn't knowing the answer. Confidence is knowing you can figure out the answer. Exactly. 
And yeah, that's kind of what I'm hearing and what you're saying, it's like, all right, I may not know how to do this, but I'll, I have confidence in myself and my capabilities, which is really what it all boils down to. That's what it boils down to. And if you're blessed with a team, then you and your team, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That is great advice to end on. So one last personal question for you, which is what, what is something that we would be surprised to learn about you? A hobby, a passion, experience? <laughs> a hobby, a passion, or an experience? I will tell you something that I really love that I think is a little weird, maybe not weird. I have like this, every Pixar movie I'm obsessed with. I love watching Pixar movies. I know they're for children, but they have so many life lessons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. And they really do. <laughs> All right. So what are your top, what are your favorite? What's your favorite movie and what's the lesson out of it? Okay. Of my favorite Pixar movie currently is Onward. And I love Onward because in the very beginning, the very, very few first few minutes, it talks about how all these creatures used to be magical and like how they used to live and showed like how wonderful they were. And then it cuts to them living this very human life and talking about kind of how they lost this magic. And now they're, you know, they've all gained weight and they're doing all these very normal things. They're not doing magical things anymore. And that lesson, I was like, that relates so much, I feel like, to humans. That like you just, we have all this magic and potential and at some point it gets drained out, but it's still there. <laughs> That's why I love that one. I, so I haven't seen that one. I'm going to go watch it. And I'm just going to say it's speaking my language because the whole reason we created that assessment that you took, um, that a lot of clients and people across the globe take is because we wanted people to realize the magic they had inside themselves when it comes to being an innovator. It's not for select few with magical powers. It's not for just for those of us who are even in the field. It actually is for everybody. And if people think they don't have it, really, it's because they lost it along the way somewhere. It's not because they don't have it inside them. It's just they stopped doing magical things. Exactly. So just watch Onward. Okay. I'm going to watch <laughs> putting it on my list right now. My next one rise up. <laughs> I'll be over there like, Juliana was right. Yeah. It's great. There's this whole part where this tiger lady was just running a restaurant and had lost all of her badassery, you know, and then she gets it back and like breaks back into being this fierce lioness person. And I'm just like, I love it. Oh my God. Okay. I know what I'm, I might even watch it tonight. That sounds great. Juliana, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your businesses, your insight, your journey. There's just so many incredible nuggets that came out of this conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tamara will be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listeners, listens bigger impact until next time